Welcome to the VVV Podcast. For today's VVV Deep Dive, we are joined by Tyler Schmidt, co-founder of Strangelove, and Andy, VVV's CRO. Strangelove is a software company with an investment arm called Strangelove Ventures. Their USP is building solutions on the Cosmos chain while sharing their expertise in different areas to support their investments and new projects launching on Cosmos. Among the services they offer are an IBC relayer, which makes the transfer of data between IBC-compatible blockchains possible, and Lens, a command-line tool to interact with any Cosmos chain. Hey, hello, everybody. Hey, Tyler. <laughs> How are you? Doing good, man. It's my, uh, it's my first official day back in the office uh, after my uh, short paternity leave. So things are going well, sir. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. How was it? Uh, well, uh, the birth itself was a little bit hectic, but everything after that has been smooth sailing. Uh, my young boy, Owen, is uh, starting to sleep really well, uh, and he's relatively calm, not too cranky. So uh, I got kind of lucky with uh, that's great yeah, got a, i got a chill baby on my hands uh so i can't i couldn't be happier about that oh man oh man yeah that's really exciting it's it's the first one yes yeah my first one. Oh, okay mm-hmm. oh great yeah i can remember yeah the first the first kid was really really stressful and very special for me as well yeah awesome <laughs> it's one of the moments where a man uh, yeah, it doesn't know what to do. Yeah, it's the first time I I was really helpless. Yeah, <laughs> during that time, during the birth. Yeah, <laughs> because you you are just standing somewhere in the way all the time, and <laughs> yeah. you cannot really support. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, I, I I can't produce milk, bud. <laughs> I can't I can't help you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much for your time yeah, to join in in today's show. So maybe before we dive uh, deeper into, into your company, Strangelove, um, would you mind to give a, a short introduction about yourself and maybe uh, tell the audience a little bit about your background that, that brought you into the web-free space? Yeah, happy to. So... Um... Hi everyone. Um, you know, I'm Tyler. Uh, I'm a co-founder at Strange Love, uh, and uh, for what I generally like to say is, for the last uh, 12 years or so, I've been uh, a professional user experience designer, um, building interactive experiences uh, across a number of different platforms, uh, and that's really where um, I honed my skills over the last decade. Um, but doing that as well, um, I've always been interested in crypto. Uh, I was an early Bitcoin investor. I think I bought my first Bitcoin in uh, 2013. So uh, going on 10 years now of, um, of in- Amazing. Intera- wow. interacting with that currency. Uh, so, and uh, I believe that um, I'm the one who ended up sharing Bitcoin with uh, my co-founder, Jack, uh, back when we were just sort of talking about tech ideas together. Um, but so I started out with Bitcoin, uh, and was interested in that, uh, got a bit into, uh, mining. Uh, I ended up buying a bunch of ASIC miners, uh, and having a proof of concept, uh, Bitcoin 
and Ethereum and Zcash uh, mine setup uh, that was a lot of fun to build. Uh, there was a while in 2017 where we were trying to scale up a, um, a data center size uh, Bitcoin mining operation. But uh, at that time, uh, energy costs in China were making it very, very challenging to work in the United States uh, where we're based. Um, so, yeah, I did proof of work mining for a little while until um, Jack moved into um, sort of project management and uh, it and uh, dev evangelism for a nut, for crypto protocols moved over to Tendermint. Uh, and as soon as he got a job over at Tendermint, he was like, hey, Tyler, this proof of stake thing is really interesting. And I think that we should be paying attention to it. Uh, so I said, cool, um, this is a really great way to solve, um, you know, the Byzantine generals problem. Um, I looked at Cosmos uh, and started to get familiar with that on Jack's recommendation in about, you know, sometime in 2017 uh, and Jack and I sort, sort of decided to get together and run a validator. Uh, and we were on the cosmos Genesis uh, as uh, Genesis validators uh, and started our sort of, at that point we were, weren't really even a business. We were just running validator nodes in, uh, in a Google compute cloud. Um, so, you know, we were sort of getting started there. And uh, then after a little while, um, we sort of started filling out books, uh, logging, logging all of our returns. And uh, once the accounting was put in place, we really started to feel like we had a, a business. And this is like 2017, 2018. Um, and, you know, we were sort of operating Strangelove uh, as just a small business, the two of us running validators for a number of years, just collecting returns uh, until things sort of got more interesting when we started to make uh, token investments with our earnings from our validator and uh, try and expand our growth that way. Uh, so around 2019, we made some, uh, we made the first investment into the Akash network um, and had a big bet there. And that turned out really successfully for us. Uh, and we start, started going from, we were just called pylon validation services at the time. So around that time, we were like, you know what? We need to reincorporate. We're doing a lot more than, val than validation. Um, so uh, Jack and I discussed new names. Uh, I, I uh, recommended Strangelove uh, be the new name of our, of our uh, company. And uh, how, how come? How come? What, what was the, the origin idea behind it? Yeah. Well, you know, I was in the shower one day and it just sort of came to me as I was thinking like, you know, Jack is kind of like what Jack could be is like this expert that is that, that people come to that sort of he's a little bit kooky. Jack's a little bit kooky. So I was like, well, he's kind of, you know, has a little bit of a Peter Sellers kind of vibe to him. And <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're also really interested in uh, Cold War history. We think that that is just a really interesting period of time. Uh, signal intelligence is really interesting. Um, you know, uh, nuclear missile missile defense is a really interesting piece of history. Uh, so that's just something that we've always had as like a small hobby. And like Jack could talk your ear off about um, Cold War history. Uh, so I thought it was just a fit with like aesthetically what some of our like past interests are while still being this um, representation of a uh, an expert like outside of the, a governmental organization, you know, Dr. Strangelove is brought into the war room by, by the American experts as, as 
this expert on mutually assured destruction. And in the same way, we can be brought in as um, you know experts on IBC and asynchronous uh, composability, composability and all these things. So we look to be the experts in IBC in the same way Dr. Strangelove was an expert in, um, in thermonuclear war. <laughs> so it's <laughs> <laughs> an amazing story. Yeah. So it, it's also a very, very sticky name. Yeah. So congratulations yeah, for this, for this decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks. Uh, so uh, and we've been really in so at the at the beginning when when I first discovered uh, Strange Love, I, I was really blown away by your huge portfolio of different services yeah, that you offer. So how how was it uh, to bootstrap the company at the beginning? Because uh, as far as I remember, you you are also quite um, yeah you you went a quite unusual way with not uh, raising a round at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we were very fortunate to um, have a, a good war chest uh, to work from. Uh, so between me and Jack, we basically used our crypto holdings to bootstrap uh, the business and also make you know, the gains from our validator business. So because we started with validation, we were able to use those tokens to sort of cover uh, our, our um, startup and spin up costs. Um, so that's sort of what we leveraged, especially during the last bull, the last bull cycle. Um, so during that last bull cycle, we were able to, you know, get the funds that we needed to operate. Um, you know, like I said, like um, the Akash investment played out really well for us. We had a number of other investments play out really well, and we were just using that uh, capital to bootstrap. Um, but we've also been very careful, um, unlike, um, you know, venture funded companies, we've had to find product market fit and profitability um, almost immediately with what we what we're doing so you know the validators they make they make money instant they make money instantaneously um, investments uh, that that will eventually make money and we, we were continuing to do that for a while until we met up with Galileo uh, and then the first thing that we really started out on after this sort of a cash investment was hey we really want to build, a, a full company with serious engineering competency so that we can go after contracts in the, um, in the cosmos ecosystem space. You know, we really had this goal to set out to be the experts in um, IBC um, and doing IBC integrations for other chains. You know, we have uh, the composable IBC integration, which uh, should almost be done soon. Uh, we've worked on IBC integrations with Penumbra, um, but in general, we want to be the experts in, in these types of things. And we basically said, said, okay, cool, we can afford to actually hire some engineers. So around 2020 or so, we hired our first engineer, Justin, brought him on uh, to just help with some of this infrastructure work and just do um, core open source uh, contributions. So we started, we started to do core development as soon as we could because it's just something that Jack and I are passionate about. We really want to contribute to the cosmos through core dev, not just through investment or validation. And we really want to be um, the known experts in the field of IBC. Um, so I hope, that, I hope that answers your question. But we, we, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So I think that's that's also uh, a good entry point to to give the audience maybe a little overview, a high level overview about the different services that you provide. Yeah. Uh, so Strangelove has grown to offer a number of different services. So um, right now uh, we like to lead with core dev. Uh, so that is we partner with um, various foundations, funds, people that need core open source work done. Um, the primary uh, primary relationship we currently have is with the Interchain Foundation. Uh, we also work uh, with the Juno Foundation quite a bit uh, and a number of other organizations. Uh, but for that, we basically just talk about what the roadmap is for these, these, um, these uh, funds or these projects. And we go in and build core pieces of the software for those. So that core dev, core dev work uh, for contract is like something that we really value doing because it has such a big impact. Um, of course, we have business strategy concerns there with um, we'd love for that to be um, turned into ARR revenue. Um, so we do that by taking the core dev work that we do and turning it into products. Um, we have a few infrastructure products that we offer now. We have um, relaying as a service. We have RPC nodes uh, as a service. Uh, and we have uh, white label validators as a service as well. So these are three of the products that we're offering. Um, and the big one that we're coming out with is a interchain API. So a data availability API for anyone that wants uh, very low latency data for um, any any um, Cosmos-enabled blockchain. And uh, I think our goal is to cover uh, about 80% of uh, the, co the Cosmos-enabled blockchains out there with our API. Um, and that will have um, a lot of use for wallet projects, um, you know, exchanges, anyone that needs, uh, anyone that, needs um, that, that um, interchain data you know, in, a rapid, in a rapid manner. Um, so that's the big one that we're really excited about. So we basically take our core dev work, we move it into these various products uh, that we then go out and monetize uh, and set up relationships with, um, you know, people like the Anchorages of the world, the Agorics of the world, like they're, um, they're utilizing our infrastructure because a lot of people find that they just don't want to run their own RPC nodes or they don't want to run their own relayers. So um, we're happy to provide that, that as a service. Um, let's I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're basically, if you look at what Strangelove's trying to do, we're just trying to slowly scale up our capabilities from where we were just a validator to now we're doing validation and investment. Now we're doing validation and core dev. And the next logical scale of that is uh, what I like to consider whole product offerings. Um, so things like the Voyager API, this data availability API, are an example of what we consider something that's a whole product offering, meaning that it has a front end to it. It's going, you're going to be able to log in and it's going to look like any other product or service that you would um, interact with on the internet. Um, and we want to continue this ethos of whole product with the, the fourth arm of our business, which we're calling spinouts. So spinouts are the products that we feel like we can build and will be effective inside of Strangelove that we then want to bring out into the world as potentially a separate entity from Strangelove, just based on what makes the most business sense. 
So um, the big one of those that we've been working on recently has been Noble Chain. And Noble Chain is, uh, you know, the asset issuance chain for primarily stable coins on the cosmos. So Noble is how we bring uh, USDC natively to the cosmos. Uh, and it's going to do a lot to provide more, more uh, liquidity um, to the Cosmos ecosystem, which we're very excited about. So that's that's really important, yeah, for the whole space. Yeah, yeah it's super important. Great. Yeah. So you you that was a collaboration with with Circle directly, or yeah. how was this project set up? Yeah, uh, it was a collaboration with Circle, um, and uh, I think. Um, Oh my gosh, I need to rehash uh, how this came about. Um, I think that this was like through Zachy Mannion. Uh, and I think so, I think Circle reached out to Zachy. They had this consideration that, hey, we really want to bring USDC over to Cosmos. Uh, assemble, assemble your team. And, um, you know, get, get a group of, peop- uh, of interested parties together to go about and, and solve this task. Uh, so Zaki immediately called us uh, as we are, you know, the, 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 the dev shop du jour of, um, of IBC right now. Uh, we, we brought in uh, Yelena from Informal Systems. She's been doing a great job as the CEO of Noble. Um, and then we brought in a few other people from um, Zaki's camp to sort of just help and collaborate. So it was sort of like a oh, we all want USDC on Cosmos. This is great. And we just formed a team really quickly and everyone was able to, um, to contribute. And uh, it was a really good project. Um, everyone handled it really well. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I think many, many critics of, of the Cosmos ecosystem mentioned that there is no centralized entity Yeah that can arrange and organize those things yeah, or, or is the phase towards the market. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it could also be a big benefit in terms of yeah, regulations and, and yeah, this centralization uh, debate that, that we have currently uh, also with other layer tools uh, on the market. So what, what's your take? Uh, should, should the Cosmos ecosystem uh, be better arranged in terms of, of marketing and to have one, let's say, starting point yeah, for, for new uh, projects they want to build on it? Or is it fine that way it is? Right. Well, that's, that's a great question. And this is something that I think um, the internal Cosmos people like to talk about a lot. You know, uh, we don't really have centralized marketing. We have the Interchain Foundation, which leads a lot of the dev work, but it's not really leading a lot of messaging. Um, I'm on a small council uh, called the Interchain Communications Council, um, whose job is to sort of promote the benefits of uh, the Interchain at large without providing too much bias for any one individual project. And I would love to see more support for that council um, it's uh, a little bit um, slow to, to ramp up in terms of its contributions, um, but it does exist. I'd love to see more happen there. Um, but I think more importantly, um, because there is no single point of entry for like enterprise level, level actors, um, we need someone to do that and do that handholding. Um, and 
I would very much like for Strangelove to be that initial point of entry for um, enterprise level people looking to, um, you know, spin up a sovereign chain. Um, you know, we can absolutely help out with that. We can build blockchains. We can advise on the custom tooling and do the dev rel, the dev relations work that's necessary to spin someone up in the cosmos. Um, and that is, and and we look at ourselves um, in a really similar fashion to uh, Red Hat. If you remember Red Hat, the the Linux open source software um, uh -huh. uh, firm, where they were just a bunch of absolute um, wizard level uh, Linux devs who were just doing all this great open source contribution and got notoriety for that, and then helped uh, enterprise level customers on ramp their um, their uh, infrastructure to Linux and get that all set up. And we look at that same analogy for us at Strangelove uh, when it comes to like helping people integrate IBC or, uh, or get into the Cosmos ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's the missing piece currently. Yeah. Because if, if you yeah starting from scratch uh, and dive into the Cosmos ecosystem, it's, it's really overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> The, the possibilities and also if you look into the different app chains and different uh, participants, uh, everyone is doing a slightly different thing. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard yeah, to, to start uh, somewhere. Yeah. So you have to investigate a lot to, to get an overview about the different uh, uh, options and toolkits uh, that you can utilize. And I think that's a brilliant uh, way yeah, to, to also yeah, let's say accelerate the adoption yeah, of, of the whole Cosmos ecosystem. Right, right. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of adoption is going to happen in the Cosmos and is, um, you know, I see the DYDX um, integration of Cosmos as being one of the biggest factors that's going to, like overnight, probably triple the amount uh, of um, TVL uh, in the Cosmos. So um, I, I see a lot of things like that as a huge opportunity for us to continue to grow. And, uh, you know, our amount, the amount of devs that we currently have working in the cosmos is also very high. Uh, so we, we are the second biggest uh, behind Ethereum in terms of dev activity uh, for crypto projects. So we just need to continue to facilitate that um, and build more and more interesting things. Um, because I do think that the work on the features and the user experience of these Cosmos chains is not necessarily done. There's still a whole lot of tooling, a whole lot of interesting things that we can bring, bring to the forefront with um, in the Cosmos. Um, I'll give one example. Um, Multi-SIGs are great. Uh, at Strangelove, we really want to build just like a simple multi-SIG UI that lets anyone just do just approve multi-sig transactions manage all the multi-sigs they may potentially be in um, and have that uh, have a simple solution there uh, and then on the on the core dev side of that i would love the ability to add and remove accounts from a multi-sig so if you have someone who has a you know a public key for a multi-sig and they leave the company you can replace that key with another key uh, and add and remove mm -hmm. people, and that currently uh, doesn't isn't isn't possible in the current multi six setup. Mm -hmm. So I see. Yeah. So it's just, really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So that's just like one example of like the types of things that I'd love for Strangelove to continue to work on uh, from a core dev standpoint. Um, but, you know, uh, also we're just passionate builders at Strangelove. Like we really want to continue to improve this protocol, improve uh, the Cosmos ecosystem however we can. And, you know, what, you, what I hope you see through the Strangelove story is we've just been trying to increase our capabilities for building and building more interesting things. So um, that's really what we're trying to do here. That's great. That's really great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, DYDX. Um, I've seen the, the current news that they uh, will block uh, Canadian users from, from their uh, network. And you are also a validator, yeah, running a lot mm -hmm. of nodes and infrastructure. How, how is your take in terms of those censorship uh, or governmental regulations? Yeah, you know, um, this is something that uh, is a very strong challenge right now. Um, you know, I think if you've heard of the rumors or news of uh, Operation Choke Point, uh, which is sort of the, the SEC uh, here in the United States um, push towards um, just more regulatory scrutiny for crypto projects. Uh, so I see just all of this as, you know, this is a natural um, wave of regulatory scrutiny that's coming in. Um, I'd say it, it makes sense given the, um, the upheaval in the last year in 2021 that regulators are now starting to crack down a little bit more. Um, the strategy at Strangelove has always been um, interact with regulators. And that is generally our policy. We want to educate regulators as much as we can and interact with them uh, whenever we can. Because if you are to say, I don't want to do, I don't want to deal with these guys. I'm just going to go and operate in a, you know, a pirate pure cypherpunk space where we're using, you know, uh, ZK proofs for all of our transactions and everything's going private. Like that's one way you can go, but that's not really a way to have a, a successful business, uh, especially not in the United States where the regulatory scrutiny is so high. Uh, so we are of, of the opinion, like interact with these regulators, try and, um, and you know, give them what they need whenever you can. Um, the Canada situation is a bit troubling for DYDX. Um, and I think that's going to be really hard uh, to recover from, but my, my advice is interact. Uh, where, wherever mm -hmm. you can. Um, and we need more crypto lobbyists uh, in the United States and in Canada. And I think that's still um, a strong need. Uh, you know, the crypto lobby is much smaller than many of the other um, uh, interest groups out there. I see, yeah, I see. So I, I've seen also that uh, there are many, many um, blocks censored through OFAC regulatory um, rules on Ethereum is is this also the case in the Cosmos ecosystem already, or is it um, you know only I, something for Ethereum currently? Yeah, I, you know I can't really speak to that yet. Um, I, I don't have too much knowledge on uh, the current regs there, um, but to my knowledge, I don't think that we have any comparable regs uh, in Cosmos yet. It, mm -hmm. it may it may just be too small. Um, the re the regulators may not have. Um, picked up picked up on it yet i mean you know yeah. I, i'm i'm still impressed impressed that osmosis uh is up and running you know for example yeah. 
um, I, I, I'm rather surprised. I figured that would be uh, cracked down on by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it, I think it it will be a quite turbulent time yeah, ahead in mm-hmm. terms of this DeFi applications, especially. But yeah, I think uh, the Cosmos ecosystem has a big advantage yeah, that there is no central foundation that uh, coordinates everything. Yeah, so I think that's a, a big plus yeah for the whole ecosystem. Even though it's more demanding for developers yeah to to get all their pieces together. Yeah. But uh, at the end, it this could be also a game changer. Yeah. Um, what what is your take uh, compared uh, to other ecosystems like Polkadot? Um, why is Cosmos currently so popular uh, at at devs? Ah uh, yes. Um, so um, as not an engineer, I'm not going to do uh, a direct side by side comparison of Polkadot versus Cosmos. Um, Polkadot has been doing. Uh, relatively well recently. I've been seeing um, some upticks in uh, in adoption and usage in a couple of projects um, joining Polkadot. But um, I think one thing is, from you know, for me, um, the user experience of having two different currencies on Polkadot uh, is a little bit confusing and can have a slightly more complicated dev experience. So I'd say that is um, one of the things that I would do when I'm comparing and compa- contrasting Polkadot. Um, and then the other thing that I would just comment on is uh, the developer experience in Cosmos is very good. You can kind of piecemeal um, pieces of the Cosmos SDK together if you'd like or not. You can just integrate IBC. Uh, it's really up to you as to what pieces of the Cosmos toolkit you want to adopt and use. And I think that customizability is one of the great things that's drawing people to Cosmos. Uh, that and, you know, um, very low fees, uh, very low fees on um, IBC transfers, on um, relaying packets isn't necessary. I mean, uh, pay- relayers paying the bill for relaying packets uh, is kind of nice for, uh, for the user experience. Uh, and we thank all the relayers, such as Strangelove, for providing providing that. Um, there were some attempts to do some public goods work uh, to cover the cost of relaying, um, but that that kind of stalled out uh, maybe a few months ago. Um, but yeah, um, I just really like the the modularity of the Cosmos uh, uh, system, and I'd say that's one of the bigger appeals. I see. Yeah. So, the in, in the cosmos world, yeah, everything is is turning around this app chain narrative where every application runs their own chain, more or less. What is your take on the modular blockchains? So yes. like Celestia or or Fuel, yeah, that uh, uh, offers a, a slightly different approach. Yeah, uh, I'm really interested in um, applications for projects that don't need a whole blockchain and they just need a slice of that. Uh, I think I'm very bullish on Celestia. I'm really interested to see what projects are built on top of Celestia. And I do think that that is uh, in many ways the future. Um, it's almost like it's almost like the Cosmos. Celestia to me almost feels like the Cosmos version of rollups. Um, you know, um, in 
in that it's just going to make everything faster and a lot easier access to data. So um, I'm very interested in, in what Celestia is doing. Um, and I'm just really bullish on the modular blockchain thesis. Um, you know, for a long time before Celestia came out, I was thinking, well, everything's just going to be, you know, some kind of an app chain. And we're going to live in this multi-chain world. And, um, you know, everything's going to have its own blockchain. Well, with Celestia coming out, it's not going to need to be that heavyweight of an experience. So not everyone is going to need a full blockchain all the time. And I think that's just really, really good for um, flexibility in production. So I, mean, I think we're going to see a lot more interesting projects come out thanks to Celestia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it makes makes it easier for for many developers yeah, to build on top of these existing layers and don't need to bootstrap the whole thing yeah. from scratch. So that that could be. A quite interesting approach. Uh, do you see that both both uh, ideas will live in parallel in future, or will there be one dominant? Oh, oh yeah, I I believe that these ideas will live in parallel. Um, I, I think that people are still going to want sovereign app chains for for various purposes. Um, you know, I, I one of the ones that I see people come to us all the time is like they have some kind of uh, real world commodity that they want a digital representation for, you know, that's kind of a common one. And that's like, Oh, wait, cool. You're going to use the cosmos SDK. You're going to roll out the whole thing. Um, but if you're just trying to do um, some kind of, um, uh, you know, data availability layer where you're just trying to query, query stuff really quickly, or you just have, um, some kind of a cryptographic proof you want to execute um, in your application. Um, those kind of things are going to make more sense for Celestia. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see both, both of those applications come out in the future. And honestly, we want to build for, for both of those types of applications. I mean, we have a strong interest in building the full app chain because it's, you know, what we're capable of, but Uh, pretty soon we'll be building out um, modular pieces of that as well for our clients. Exactly. Um, I just recognized that we uh, missed the, the validator part yeah, in the overview of, <laughs> of, of your services. So maybe you could, uh, we could go back <laughs> because I think that's also a very important uh, thing, especially for new applications that want to launch their own chain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, validation is, is a crucial piece of our business. Um, you know, one interesting thing about validation that I like to say is that um, it looks like a stable, um, um, what's the term, uh, a stable like annual recurring revenue style business where like, okay, cool, I'm generating tokens uh, on a daily basis uh, and it's nice and it's nice and even. Um, but What I have found through running validators for a number of years now is that it actually is more reflective of venture investing or just investing in the token itself um, because these validators are costly and uh, they're very dependent on token price and token fluctuations to deem whether or not it's a um, profitable project. So there are some smaller, uh, smaller validators that we've spun up 
that haven't necessarily made us much money or any money at all. Maybe they've broken even. Uh, but then there are others that have done well uh, that, you know, have have been much more profitable and we've been able to um, see a really good return on those. So for us, it's been important to be really picky and say, okay, we will only set up validators for um, things that we almost have a venture style uh, agreement on their thesis or interest. It's not like we're just going to go and say volume is the answer. We're going to validate on every single chain we possibly can. Um, that is um, not the best way to go about the validator business from what my experience has shown. Um, and instead, you really want to be picky and pick and choose um, the projects that you're the most passionate about or have the most interest for. Um, and that's what we've done here at Strangelove. Um, the only one, like I, the one that I'm sad that I missed out on is uh, Kajira. I, I was, would have been pretty interested in validating on Kajira, um, but timing just didn't work out for us internally. We didn't have the resources for it. Um, but for the most part, like we like to be picky. Um, we operate on over 10 uh, blockchains at this point. Uh, you know, we were, again, a Genesis validator uh, for the Cosmos Hub. Um, we've been a validator on Akash and Osmosis uh, and Juno for quite some time. We also have Sentinel. Uh, I think we were doing Kava for a while um, and a number of other chains. So, um, yeah, and the validator business is relatively quiet. We have a small infra, infra team that's constantly um, improving uh, our internal validator infrastructure. Uh, and we also do some um, cool um, validator style open source product work. Um, we have this library called Horcrux. Horcrux is a really cool um, uh, private key sharding technology that um, shards your, your validator's key onto uh, a number of different sentry nodes, uh, securing it uh, one step even further. A lot of people have been um, leveraging that uh, tool and saying it's really neat. So um, we're trying to build stuff for, um, to improve validators' experiences as well. Um, and we want to try and stay in that space. Yeah, I love I love this innovative uh, approach yeah, that you bring in yeah to to look for improvements on on every different aspect of the of the entire life cycle of a project. And um, so, how can I imagine a, a standard approach? Let's say I want to build a new application. I want to launch my own app chain. What would be the first step when I approach uh, Strange Life? Oh my gosh! Well, that would be that would be fantastic. I mean, normally they come in through Jack, Kevin, or myself. Um, so they would query. They say, "Hey, um, you know, we want to build this blockchain." Um, generally, it comes with um, a, spe a specifications document to discuss uh, exactly what needs to be built and why. Um, And usually it's, it's, it's a discussion around scope. So, okay, um, do we want to build a full, app, a full sovereign app chain or do you want to build something that's a bit more modular and lightweight? Um, what are the requirements? Uh, and we just go into a, a requirements gathering uh, experience. Um, at that point, um, usually we'll stick um, one of our uh, product managers on the relationship to sort of garner what are the needs and um, discuss those needs. 
Um, and then we go into the planning phase where we get a project plan in place. Um, and from there, you know, I, I think it's important to note that just we operate using a lot of like classic um, web two style project management tactics. So a lot of what we do is kind of tried and true um, dev practices from um, other companies that um, have been successful in the past. We have a number of employees that used to work at Pivotal Labs, uh, which was a, a really successful um, dev consulting studio. So they sort of know the ropes there. Um, but it's really like, hey, like, what are your requirements? Let's get a spec doc in place. Let's scope this out. And then let's go into um, project print planning where we have a backlog of tickets. We go ahead and we attack those tickets in um, biweekly sprints. Uh, and we do sprint planning to knock those out. Um, and the way that we work internally at Strangelove is we have um, two massive sprint boards, one for our front-end team, one for our back-end team. And we just sort of knock out those um, projects in a, from a weekly planning basis. So to work with us, it's really like, what's the spec? You know, okay, cool. Let's go ahead and turn that spec into um, user epics and then user stories and then, and then the, the devs go ahead and knock them out. Um, so it's pretty much uh, tried and true tech consulting practices. That sounds great, yeah. And um, how are the, the, the further steps? So after you finish the, the initial development tasks, um, how, how can I run, let's say, my own uh, app chain with your validators? Uh, how, how is this approach handled? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, this is like we just uh, have a call. Usually we negotiate uh, the, the requirements of that call. Um, like if it's like, OK, cool. So you don't want to run your own validators. Um, we can run a validator for you. Um, we can also help um, create a network of validators. We can um, recruit other validators uh, to come and support your app chain um, and get a good a good base set of validators going for it. That's something we can help with. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, we like my partner, Kevin, he usually comes in and talks about the um, sort of infrastructure as a service uh, pro uh, products that we have available. So, you know, at the time in which it's like, cool, this stuff is live, it's ready to go. Uh, I, I will say that like we audit our technology at that phase. So after the build, uh, we have to go in and do um, a technical audit to, validate the code that we've written um, and then we stand it up um, i think somewhere around that time we'd probably negotiate um uh, some a product offering phase with strange love awesome awesome so <clears throat> um what role plays the the venture part in in the whole construct uh, you mentioned that you started at the beginning with your own uh, venture activities and then You outsourced it or, or met with, yeah. with Galileo? Yeah. So um, I think it's important to note here, like what me and Jack's strategy has been for Strangelove as we've been scaling up our capabilities. Uh, and the way that Jack and I like to talk about it is um, this approach of being a many armed bandit. Uh, and that's like a business term. You can look it up. Uh, but it's basically saying I'm going to have um, multiple different avenues of activity, and I'm going to seek rewards for all of those avenues of activity 
as they present themselves. So for us, we've been very open and opportunistic to any kind of venture that presents itself on the way uh, of what we're doing. Um, and because of Jack's position in, uh, in the Cosmos ecosystem and being the product lead on IBC, um, Jack has a lot of deal flow. And there was just a time from like 2018, 2019 on where we're just seeing first passes at a lot of really good projects. And we were like, great, like we should start um, doing venture work. We can do due diligence on this uh, and act faster than um, other venture partners. And then we were trying to say we have a, a core advantage of we can be um, technical advisors to a project that we invest in at the seed stage uh, because we know IBC so well. Um, so that was sort of our um, offering at when it was strange love doing the core venture work. Um, what we found over time is that A, like venture is really hard and very time consuming. And B, we really wanted to focus more on um, building and do, creating product, doing core open source contribution and these things. And the venture stuff was sort of um, becoming a, a bit of a, I don't know, uh, just something that we wanted to sort of spin out or see um, other use, see it be utilized in a different way. Uh, and around that time, we ran into David Fayok. And uh, David was out there. Um, he had been investing in the Helium network before, and then he's been dedicated to going out to doing a Cosmos-specific venture fund. And we said, oh, that's fantastic. We already are doing Cosmos-specific venture investment, and we have a lot of deal flow, and Jack has an excellent head on his shoulders for technical due diligence. So great. And David had the fund management experience and just sort of uh, a, a good track record of being a fund manager. So the partnership was really perfect. We hit it off really well uh, and decided to join forces and spin out uh, the Galileo entity where Strangelove is a GP uh, and thus routing all of our venture through um, Galileo and his team, uh, David's team at, at Galileo. Uh, and this, I see. Yeah, and this sort of offloaded a lot of the technical due diligence to us. And we can just say, oh, well, here's deal flow. And we can forward that deal flow over to Galileo where appropriate, uh, and then let Galileo do its own thing. So it's been a great relationship, um, and it's allowed Strangelove to really um, grow into being the product company that we wanted to see it be. I see. I see. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect match yeah, between the two entities. Yeah. So um, in, my, in my point of view, Strangelove has more the, the role of an incubator, yeah? so mm -hmm. not, not a typical venture firm yeah so you try to to support early stage projects and maybe bootstrap and spin out yeah, different different applications so i think yeah that makes absolutely sense yeah to separate those activities to focus on on your main main core business yeah yeah it's yeah. a good and thing Yeah, and now I think we're really interested in continuing this sort of incubation strategy of we can bring whole products to market internally at Strangelove and then, and then send them off into the wild. Um, I think we, we're really interested in continuing, continuing to do that moving forward. Awesome, awesome. So <clears throat> what are 
exciting next milestones at Strange Love. Could you give us more insights about your your future developments or what's what's especially exciting in the upcoming months? Yeah. So we have um, we're starting on on um, oh, IBC Apps repo. Um, that's become the home to many IBC apps and middleware that don't live in the main IBC Go repo. Uh, and they currently just live in a bunch of random repos. So what we're trying to do is collect all of these sort of tools and interesting things that are really cool uh, in the world of IBC and collect them into an IBC apps repo. Uh, it's on the main Cosmos GitHub repo. So it's like GitHub slash Cosmos slash IBC apps. Uh, I'd encourage anyone on this to go ahead and go around and play with that. Um, that's just something that Strange Love is doing that I think is really, really cool. Um, we are continuing IBC integrations um, over the next, uh, you know, couple of months. Uh, we're working on a similar one with Avalanche uh, um, and coming up soon. Um, but the big thing that I'm also really excited about. Uh, is we're working on an interchain wallet. Uh, and that is uh, a big consumer-facing product that we're interested in bringing to market. Um, we're calling it Abacus. Um, and we are in the middle of development of that. Um, we've got a, a front end that has been user-tested. Uh, we like to say that it's a human-centered uh, wallet because um, what I've taken from the world of Web2 is human-centered design best practices, which really lead, lead into just empathizing with users and doing a lot of user testing, things of that nature, uh, and using, using all that knowledge to create uh, an easier-to-use wallet. Uh, and for us, one that represents all of the features and functionality of an interchain wallet that supports like a thousand different cryptocurrencies. Because we are believers in the multi-chain thesis, and we want to create a wallet that from the go just supports as many currencies as a user may have. Uh, we're starting with IBC currencies and Cosmos, uh, and the hope is to extend to uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin um, soon after that. Um, but that's something on the horizon that we're really excited about, um, and we just want to enter into uh, the current wallet wars Uh, that we see are kind of heating up. Um, there's a lot of really interesting development in the wallet space, uh, but I think the new phase right now is getting the interchain, uh, getting multi-chain UX down. So like swapping between chains, having multiple tokens listed on one individual chain and how you represent that. So things of that nature are the problems that we're working on solving with our interchain app uh, and hopefully should be a competitive uh, advantage for us uh, going to market. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's some of the stuff we're really excited about with strange love. That's, that's really great to hear. Yeah. Because I think uh, especially the, the wallet topic is, is one of the major blocking points for many web two people yeah, entering the, the crypto space because mm -hmm. it's, it's, Currently, in my opinion, much too complicated yeah, to onboard uh, yeah, new people to the space. And I think the wallet is, is the perfect tool yeah, to, to create a, a really nice and smooth user experience. Yeah? And mm -hmm. I think that, that piece is missing. Yeah. Yes. Great to hear. 
Yeah, I, I constantly hear um, the UX needs improvement, like when I just browse Twitter or whatever, like uh, across the board in crypto. And I've sat here saying, well, I'm a user experience designer. I know how to do this stuff. So, <laughs> so great. I'm going to go in and apply that knowledge uh, as best I can to help gain improvements. Um, another, another area that I see that Strange Love has contributed to really heavily um, through one of my lead devs, uh, Greco, um, w- w- has been this uh, project we're calling Composer, which takes uh, the Auth Z module inside of Cosmos, which didn't really have a user interface for it. And we're providing uh, a user interface to authorize permissions to, um, to key holders. So like you can spend money on my behalf. So I got like a hundred Adam in my wallet address. I can grant you permission to spend 10 of those tokens for the next six months. Um, because, uh, you know, we, you know, I'm an institution and I need other people to manage token allocations. Uh, you know, so this is really, it's, I see. it's mainly going to be probably an institution size, uh, tool, but it is a, a way of having UX improvements by, um, you know, delegating some responsibilities, like governance responsibilities, for example, uh, to other users. So that's just one example of how we can improve UX. Again, like I really just want to build a multi a, a multi sig tool, just easy multi sig. So that's another one where I'd love to see us improve uh, Cosmos UX. Um, but that is definitely something that um, I am mission driven towards. Uh, I, I really want to see greater user adoption, and I want to get my grandmother to be able to use crypto, and she can't currently. And if we can get her there, we can get anyone there. Uh, so <laughs> that's a, a great goal. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really I think the, the required thing that the space needs. Yeah, for for onboarding the the millions and and billions of users. Yeah, that everyone want to see in the space, because I think it's it's currently really a nightmare to explain. Yeah, that the hundred different steps to take. Yeah, that that are required. Yeah, to to create a wallet, to to take care of the of the seed phrase, and to to get some tokens for the initial uh, transactions, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's really really difficult, yeah. So, will you also implement some some fiat on and off ramp in in this wallet solution, or? Yeah, so we are partnering with Kato um, for our um, for our fiat on off ramp, um, and. Thankfully, they're going to be handling a lot of the KYC and uh, other sort of hurdles that we, you know, aren't excited about handling. Um, so we have a great partnership with them. Uh, and also, that's super critical for the space. Uh, you know, we're going to be one of the first wallets to have, uh, the first interchain wallets to have that fiat on off-ramp. Um, I was, you know... Uh, I was excited to see that Kepler is also going to be partnering with Kado in a similar fashion. So we will have some competition, um, but it's all good for, it's good for the ecosystem. Great. Yeah. And it's, it's also good to see that you as a UX design expert, yeah, uh, have a complete different point of view, yeah, in, in terms of the pro 
product uh, management and product development side. Uh, I think th this is also a major issue currently yeah, that the majority of, of project founders are too deep into the technical solutions and they forget about the users yeah, in the background. Yeah. They, right. they don't see all those, all those problems that uh, the, the normal user will face. Yeah. So I think that's a very, very good approach to, uh, to have also the, the user experience in, in the focus yeah, for the product. Yeah. And, you know, it's just all, all that really is, is going from a place where a, a, a designer says, I know what the right solution is because I think it's the right solution, you know, and I'm going to implement that. That's sort of like an old way of building things. What we think is we don't necessarily know what the right answer is. So what we're going to do is build some hypotheses some like design documentation and then put that in front of potential users as quickly as possible so they can tell us if they feel it's the right direction or not so just going from that sort of um you know from saying i know the right solution to i want to see what people think is the right solution is just a big distinction uh that really changes the way uh, it, it really changes product outcomes in a really strong way mm -hmm. That's, that's a great approach, yeah. So um, I think we're coming close to one hour for the AMA, so I want to be respectful of your time. So maybe a, a few closing questions, if that's okay for you, to wrap it up. Yeah. Great, great. So um, one of our community members uh, posted a question. Um, if you could change one thing about the way Cosmos works currently, what would it be? Oh man, that—that uh, <laughs> that is a great question. Um, you know, I about the way Cosmos works. I would like to see um, maybe more power given to the technical advisory board, so that we can control um, control a technical roadmap. Um, and okay, I'll, I could even do a spicy one. Um, I was interested in seeing um, Cosm Wasm integrated into the Cosmos Hub uh, a number of months back. And I thought that would be really cool if we could have smart contract capabilities integrated uh, at the Cosmos Hub level. Uh, but that was voted down uh, by the community. So that's sort of one where I'm like, that would be really cool. Uh, I think there's a lot of interesting things that could be done there. Um, but yeah, if there's one thing I would change... You know, I don't know. I mean, also this, I think I would like to see more diversity in the authors of governance proposals. I'd say that's another thing that I would like to see. Um, the governance proposals seem to be coming from the, the same group of people. Um, and if we have more diversity, we have more decentralization uh, and uh, more diversity of ideas is always a good thing. Um, so that's another thing, but like, uh, Technically, um, there are also um, a few pieces of the Tendermint code base that I think need to be uh, changed and updated. Uh, but that's more of a question for my engineer, Justin, uh, who has some strong opinions on that. Um, but as I'm not a dev, I'm not going to delve into those, those bits of the Tendermint architecture too deeply. All right. Thank you. So um, 
maybe one final question. So what are some app chains you'd like to personally see built on top of Cosmos? Anything that you are oh, currently yeah. missing? Um, oh, man. Um, I, I think that I want to see a chain that does token issuance as a, a represented representation of uh, company equity. I would like to see like a way for companies to be able to launch a token that is their equity. And the two are one and one represent, uh, representative of each other. Um, a lot of people in the SEC and like Gary Gensler are saying like, oh, these tokens, they're all actually equities. Well, like, I don't necessarily agree that all tokens are equities, but I would love to see um, a, a, a way to represent a token as an equity for the situations where that makes sense. Um, you know, I mean, strange love down the road would even be interested in, um, in doing something like this. Um, and I think it's really great for um, integration with DAOs. So as you create a, a DAO for um, a public organization or a private organization, um, you know, you could have the, the DAO token be a representation of equity and, and like legally backed um, in, the, in, in uh, a nation state. So I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that could be done there. Um, yeah, that there are a lot of other things that I, I would like to see that are cool. Um, again, I would love to see um, commodities represented by Cosmos chains. And we've talked to a few people that have done stuff there. Um, I'd also like to see um, a token representative of AI burn. And I think, um, you know, like AI run instances Uh, Akash is really close to that with like their token representing compute. So that's basically there. Uh, maybe just one that's more custom configured to AI uh, would be a little bit more, would be interesting as well. Um, so those are, those are my, uh, those are my answers for, sort of on, on the drop of a hat. Um, but I think there's a lot of other interesting things that could be brought to Cosmos. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting approach. Yeah, I've I've read yesterday that I think in Germany they released a new law yeah, that enables companies to tokenize their shares and put it on chain. Oh, great. So I hope that that we will see a international solution. Yeah, based on on such an approach. Yeah, because that makes definitely sense. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So. Um, Thank you very much for your time. How can the listeners follow the project? Do you have uh, some social channels that we yeah. should visit and, and uh, also a Discord server or, or Twitter? Yeah. Where can we find um, you? Just follow, follow uh, at Strangelove Labs, all one word. Uh, that's where we're posting a lot of our, of our content. Um, we are trying to keep our blog as up to date as we can, uh, given staff requirements. Uh, but you could go to um, uh, strange.love is the name of our, is our website's URL. So just punch that in your browser and you can check us out there. Um, we also have um, on the website a link to our Strange Love price chat telegram, which is just an informal place where you can get a hold of me, Jack, or some of the other developers. Um, yeah. And follow me and uh, Jack Zamplin on Twitter, uh, at Jack Zamplin and at Tyler Schmidt. Um, where we post all the fun stuff that we're up to. Awesome. 
Tyler, thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure yeah, to learn more about Strange Love and your activities in the space. And I really appreciate yeah, the discussion. Awesome. And hope that we can follow up soon yeah, when you have new milestones and new exciting things to announce. Yeah, that would be great. I would love that. All right, well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, much appreciate you guys listening to uh, our thoughts here today. So have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Same to you. Thank you very much. And thank you to all the listeners. Yeah, please leave a like and a retweet. Yeah, and also follow yeah, Strange Love on the social channels to spread the word. Thank you very much for your participation and talk to you soon. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.